0: Don't miss out on all the extra content I'm sharing. I can't wait to see you over there. Plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and zepbound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com weight loss that's plushcare.com weightloss plushcare.com weight loss but
1: in my mind I was always just I was angry I was bitter I was lost I was seeking male attention I was you know constantly questioning myself am I worthy am I good enough self-harming as well you know self-harming behaviors as well
0: welcome to how my parents raised me I'm Dawn Chitty when we are born we arrive here as pure and perfect souls and the direction our life takes from that moment is deeply connected to what our parents bring to our lives. And what our parents bring to our lives is deeply connected to what their parents brought to their lives and that's the cycle of families. I have always craved connection with real and raw stories to understand what makes you you. Content warning, if you are triggered by the themes of this podcast, please seek a helpline in your city. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Did you know that the doors are now open for the self-love initiation? This is my signature course, and I am super excited for this. I'm going to be leading women on a 12-week journey to find their true selves and be their true selves so that you can start living the life you dream of. It's about living in the freedom to be yourself instead of living in the expectation and judgment of your mother, your father, your family, your friends. If you have spent way too long believing that you are unworthy, unlovable, if you feel lonely or disconnected, if you feel like you are constantly hustling for everyone's approval, trying to measure up to what you think is expected of you, if you are seriously exhausted with trying to be someone you think will fit in and you are starving for connection and love, this 12-week immersion is for you. It's about finding your true self and being your true self in all of your power and magic so that you can start making decisions that are good for you, getting your needs met and putting you first. When you start listening and trusting that tiny voice inside of you, you will be amazed by your own wisdom and power and what that does for your life. It's about finding the goddess that lives within every single one of us. She's calm, clear and confident in where she's going and what she needs. And then you are living in the ultimate freedom, the freedom to be you. There is a link to take you to all the details in the show notes or you can message me on Instagram and I'll be very happy to chat. Living in your power, love and abundance is your birthright. And I want this for you so much, beautiful soul. Please go and check it out. And there is an irresistible early bird price there that you need to take advantage of. This week we are hearing part two of Shalina's story, and we pick the story up as Shalina is describing the mental health effects of childhood and generational trauma through fatherlessness. Please join me now for part two of Shalina's
1: story. Like you continue to grow and the type of people you go for, you keep going for more elevated, elevated, elevated people at the same time. So I, I, my journey ended up where, I, where I'm where i supposed to be right now and education never ends. And I'm with somebody who is quite aligned with me as well. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting how those things work out itself without you like trying
0: yeah well it's all about allowing isn't it it's opening yourself up to better things and knowing that you have love for yourself I think that's the key when you love when you decide that you have love for yourself then you're on a a new path to allowing everything to open up and that's that's the key we are taught that you've got to try and strive and you've got to do this and that and and it just doesn't work that way it's it's really all about bringing yourself back to love and peace and then then everything
1: comes to you yes Um, in the mental health world I think our reactions to events I think they become quite medicalized and classified as disorders or illnesses you know we get labeled like we're crazy we're moody we're unstable we're depressed you think there's something wrong with you but really your reaction to an event is just so normal we don't need to medicalize everything you don't need to put a term and you know be like oh you've got borderline personality disorder you've got histrionic personality disorder it's like maybe you don't have a disorder like maybe you're just really normal and what happened to you was really crap and this is how you're dealing with it like we don't need labels i think there's too many labels and i think we try and label ourselves like i've got this and i've got that but if you misdiagnose yourself then the treatment is not going to work And like, you know, if you misdiagnose and or the doctor does and says, you've got borderline personality disorder, but you don't, then the treatment's not going to work and it's going to have adverse reactions. So sometimes I think we have to just accept like our bodies and brains, it's not wired to go through trauma. Like we're not wired to do that. It just means that our responses and feelings are also quite normal if we're not wired to go through trauma. So I think it's more about allowing ourselves to feel what we feel and then trying to, deal with it in a way that does not affect ourselves or the people around us and that's the hardest part is finding the solution of how to deal with it you don't have to get over it or forgive people like I'm not going to forgive my dad I can't see myself doing that but it's just about regulating my emotion at the time that I'm very angry when I think about him Mm. so that's why we have to come from a place of empathy and not judgment of other people and ourselves
0: It's so true. My gosh, the labels are overwhelming in all areas of what we've created for ourselves. But yeah, it's so true in the mental health space. I mean, I guess it it is so much about getting a diagnosis and getting a treatment and all the rest of it. And I suppose that's the way it's been created. But yeah, I hope that it can change a little bit (laughs) I hope it doesn't have to be that rigid forever that we can open (laughs) it up and just kind of allow ourselves to see the trauma it's just something that the world is not seeing yet
1: properly and then you hear ridiculous statements being made like oh it was meant to be and you know like it's made you stronger and all this crap and it's like maybe my trauma didn't make me stronger. Maybe it just made me more confused. Like maybe it didn't <laughs> do any of that. Like, why are we saying this? <laughs> I know, I know.
0: Maybe it didn't help. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So what do you think was your lowest point? Because I feel like we all have these journeys and we get to a point where we just, it's almost like the point before we start heading back up and making changes. Ooh, I
1: think, I mean, I've had a few low points, but I think it was in the last two years, I realized that I was never going to forgive my dad. I was never going to move on. I was never going to forget. I was not going to be able to do that at all. So then what do I do? Because I was going to be stuck in constantly getting angry, constantly getting mad and not knowing what to do about it. And then I think I came to acceptance that I kept thinking in my mind, I had to forgive him. That's what, that's what it gets ingrained into people's minds. You have to forgive in order to heal. But then I started doing research and inner work and I, and, and I came to the conclusion that forgiveness wasn't going to do anything for me. I'm not a bad person if I don't forgive. I kept thinking I was a bad person because I wasn't able to forgive my dad. But forgiveness is sometimes spiritual bypass and a lot of people do that. They They bypass their emotions and turn to spirituality and think that they're okay, but really they're not. I didn't want to do that. I can't do that. So... I think it was when I came to the realisation that forgiveness is not going to do anything and if I want to be angry, it's okay to be angry. When when I started to accept this is how I was going to feel and nothing was going to change that, I think that was turning point because it was, okay, now that I know I'm not going to change how I feel, now that I know I'm not a bad person for not forgiving, now that I know that anger is not a bad emotion, it's actually quite a positive emotion, now I can find ways to, you know, deal with my emotions whenever something negative comes up. And then after that, it was just, you know, you start building on your research and I started learning more about myself, how much fatherlessness affected me. But then I also realized how much there was a lack of knowledge and the lack of awareness out there. And I thought, so my way of healing is through helping. So the more I help and the more knowledge I spread and the more awareness I uh, raise it helps me like I feel like I've done my part because by nature I'm a helping person so I think that was my turning point was being vocal about my pain because it was quite it it is quite therapeutic for me and then obviously learning about mother wound and father wound and intergenerational trauma and getting so aware about my own self and my life that it empowered me And now I feel so empowered to share what I know with other people to help them to understand their traumas and why perhaps their parents did what they did and so on, you know, down the, down the generations. So I think that's sort of where my turning point was, was when I had enough of the cycle that I felt like I was in.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a beautiful awakening, isn't it? And I feel like, no, we don't have to forgive people, but we do have to find our way to move past it whatever that is because the people who are stuck in that you can be stuck in that for your whole life right people can be just so stuck in needing to have what they they missed out on I guess so you've got to find your way and if you can find it through purpose which is what you're doing it's finding a purpose for what's happened to you.
1: Yeah, I use it as a platform to speak and to raise awareness because I feel like it's not enough, especially in my community. They don't know what intergenerational trauma is and why everybody is the way they are in their family. So I think I'm just using my journey to help. It doesn't mean that I've let go of what my dad did or forgiven him or anything. It just means that I'm using it to empower or just validate somebody else's pain. I think validation is a very powerful tool. We don't use it enough. Like some people, when they come to me for therapy, it's them talking but they just needed somebody to validate their pain. That's all they needed was somebody to be like, "Hey, I yes, you're not crazy." Like even I would do the same thing in your situation. That's what people need, just just that, just empathy and validation and that's like 50% of their pain feels like it's, you know, not there anymore because we've just validated that they're not not not, not crazy.
0: Oh, 100%, 100%, absolutely. So just looking at what you actually help people with I know that you talk about there being a few different versions of fatherlessness
1: can you talk about the different types that people
0: might experience?
1: So you would have fatherlessness as in the father who has abandoned you you can have the father who's passed away the father who was there physically but not emotionally or the other way around, there emotionally, but not physically. The father who's incarcerated, the father who was, you know, there but abusive. There's there's so many ways that fatherlessness can appear. And each of them gives you a different feeling, like how I feel because my father abandoned me is going to be so different to somebody else whose father has died. And it's going to be so different to somebody else whose father is physically there, but emotionally not. You're going to feel different emotions connected to it. So, you know, an absent father doesn't literally mean that they're absent, it's, it's they could be physically there, but emotionally, emotionally they're not. And that's quite hard for children who are, you know, developing from a young age, their brains are developing, they don't have that connection with that male. And it can really affect the way that they, you know, perceive themselves and the world around them, not having that male to guide them and be there.
0: and I think that for most of history if a a child's father would leave it's just really something that a child just has to get on with that's just happened so you just have to move on but it really is a huge
1: cause of lifelong trauma isn't it yes it's it affects you in so many ways it can affect you even for me it affected me spiritually we refer to God as heavenly father or he or you know our father or how you refer to God but for somebody who doesn't have a dad that's actually really confusing it's like how am I supposed to refer to a a figure that I cannot see as a father my physical father's not even here like that's that itself just spiritually it's quite confusing for children as well and for adults like even for me you know even I don't know what to call God I believe in God but I don't I can't bring myself to saying my father or whatever so in, even in those ways, it's quite confusing. Yeah, that's something I've never thought of before, so that's
0: really interesting. and what what does the term healing mean to you?
1: For me, healing is emotional regulation. It's learning to acknowledge, understand, and respond to your emotions in such a way that is not detrimental to yourself or the people around you. I think healing is a very blanket term that people use, and it's very hard to. You know, my definition of healing might be very different to yours or somebody else's. I don't think healing means that you get over something. I think healing is more so self-awareness and being aware of why you react the way you react. If you see and if you understand that sometimes your reactions may not be very healthy, how you can change that to a healthy reaction. So it's not about not having a reaction. It's just about managing your reactions so that you know like for example if somebody out of anger some people sometimes they start swearing they start calling people names they start banging their fist on the on the table and things like that but that's quite scary for you know people who are around them especially little children I'm not saying don't be mad I'm just saying change the way you approach your anger if you're angry that your anger good for you like anger is not a bad thing but don't don't let it affect you or the people around you that's that's when you know your healing is when your reactions are healthy i understand a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot, maybe may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance
0: And I saw a video that you put together about things not to say to somebody who grew up without a father. Can you talk us through some of those things? I can see how the way
1: people just don't think about what they say, right? It can be so hurtful. Mm -hmm. I used to, and and the reason I put that video together because people used to say those things to me, you know, I'm sure he loves you. I'm sure that people who abandon their children don't love them. Like, why would you say that? Or at least you have your mom, but she can't make up for me not having a dad. Or I'm sure he had his reasons. Well, people have reasons for murdering and raping. Does that mean it's justifiable? Can you, does that, how does that help? I think people don't know how to respond to fatherlessness and they say things to try and diffuse the situation, but it's actually, it's quite you know, it's quite invidious. It, it incites anger within the person. Like it used to incite anger within me when I used to hear those things. And then I try not to lose my temper. <laughs> I'm like, who are you to tell this to me? Who are you to say this? Why would you say that? So if you don't know what to say, just don't say anything at all. But to yeah. say things like this, it's quite condescending because the effects of fatherlessness last a lifetime. So if you don't know what that feels like, just... Don't say anything at all or just yeah. you know try it's and so- be maybe more empathetic than giving your two cents in it that is not really necessary.
0: And I think also it's
1: it's almost not even
0: giving two cents. It's like we just have this list of things that we say to fill the gaps, don't we as yes. a, as a society oh well blah you know and it's like what does that even mean like come up with something new (laughs) fresh or don't say anything I hate all that stuff I think it's just our way of coping with stress almost you know we just we want to somehow help the other person to feel better about it and it's it doesn't
1: maybe it does help some people I don't know (laughs) I think I think people react without being empathetic. They they react without really trying to put themselves in the other person's shoes. And because they haven't given themselves enough time to actually try and understand, they just come up with all these things instead to try and make the other person feel better. But sometimes we don't want to be made feel better. We just want somebody to just validate it and be like, yes, that's very shit. Like that's just a thing. Like so you don't always need to give a solution. Like, there's never going to be a solution for fatherlessness. Like, nobody can give me a solution. So if you can't give me a solution, at least give me empathy. At least give me validation. At least be compassionate. Not, you know, you need to get over it. I've had so many people say to me, you need to forgive you. Like, I'm sorry. Who <laughs> me I need to forgive? Like, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm yeah. not doing that.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Yeah, it's interesting what people think is appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> Especially when they haven't lived your life. That's when yeah. they are giving advice for in a life that's not lived. I had I had one woman say to me that, because I she can see how angry I am towards my father, that it's gonna affect me when I have children. Like she was trying to say that my anger issues wouldn't make me a good mother. And I was like, first of all, at least I'm very self-aware of myself and my problem and not my children's problem. The audacity, I think people feel, wake up feeling quite audacious. So. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot for somebody to say, isn't it? My gosh, just step away from the area. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. As it is. <laughs> As kids, I think we just need to feel safe, yes. don't we? That's that's really what we need as little kids. And I think a lot of what we do is really just trying to get that safety. What do you think we can change about the way
1: we raise our kids To give them that sense of safety? I think we need to regulate our own emotions. I think we need to learn how to identify emotions, regulate them and and teach our children that. I've seen in my own culture, the traumas that parents have gone through because of their parents that has been passed down, they take it out on their children. I think you need to identify your trauma, identify how that has affected you and identify how that affects your parenting style. Because children. I say this all the time. Parents are the cause of their children's trauma. They really are. Children don't cause themselves trauma. It comes from somewhere. If it's not at school, it's the home environment. It's the parents. So you need to be very self-aware of the words you're saying, what you're saying, how you're saying it. it. The tone really matters. And be careful not to take out your own insecurities or frustrations or trauma. Don't take that out on your child. That's where you need to be very open and self-aware that's when you need to be very critical of yourself and you know learn about your own triggers learn about how you respond to stress and triggers and then even acknowledge if you've taken it out on your children or not because children remember you know they they remember they 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 hear it they feel it they speak it they learn it they start imitating the same behaviors so if you want to be a role model you need to look within yourself first
0: yeah such good advice, such good advice. It's got to be the way of the future. We have to somehow get this message out to more and more parents. And when a child's destined to grow up without a father, what can be done to help them
1: to thrive in that situation? Really try and understand what the the types of fatherlessness End, the many ways fatherlessness can affect you you have to try and understand that it can affect you at even it can affect you at work you know if you've never had a father figure in your life the men are known to have the be more of like the authority figures right as opposed to women generally traditionally speaking so then when you go to work you have a problem with authority I did I had a problem with authority you know because I didn't have that at home like my mom was the authority figure but she's female I'm talking about male <laughs> So it can affect you that way, or like I said, spiritually. It's 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 really researching how it can affect, so you can be careful, so you can be empathetic and understanding. It's also like if your child wants to see their father, go and let them. Like some people hold their children back from seeing their parents. My mom, mom didn't want me to see my dad for a while, and then I just went and I just went to his house anyway. But it's don't hold them back. They need to see the truth. They need to hear the truth, and they need closure for themselves, you know. So don't don't lie about what has happened as well, you know, to your children. But yeah, it's it's really, I think I think parents of children whose fathers have left them, like the single mothers, really do your research on the ways it can affect. Because I think sometimes they don't know. I don't think my mom even realized how in how many ways it affected me. But it's also about creating that safe space with your child for your child to come to you and tell you, I feel like this today, I feel like that today, you know, children see Parents, fathers walking around with their kids all the time, it it mentally affects you. Like I see it all the time. You can't get away from it. The thing is, you can't get away from it at all. When I'm at the shops or when I used to work, fathers and children always came in, and I had to be so strong and not let that break me because I'm trying to work here or I'm at the shops doing my shopping. But I see that. I still see that. And I still go back to my childhood and think, damn, I wish I had a dad when I was two years old, three years old, you know? So I think it's about, and not saying the wrong thing, like, you know, you need to get over it or you need to forgive him. It's just learning what to say. And I think communicating with your child, asking them, you know, how is it that you're feeling? Sometimes people say, oh, you know, you've got daddy issues. I've had people say that to me. You have daddy issues. Of course I have a daddy issues. I have an issue with my dad not being there. Of course I do. Yeah. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes. I think it's so true that thing of of allowing or having somebody that the child can can tell what they're feeling. Yes. Is so important. And also for parents to understand you had these kids. When you're in those divorce situations and you don't want your kids to see the other, all that stuff, you've got to find a way not to to do that. You've got to find a way to let your kids have time with both of their parents and let them have their time, their lives. You know, like don't let the anger between yourself and a partner take away from the relationships that they have with each parent if that's
1: what it is the the parents are angry at each other and i understand but you're stuffing it up for the child at the end of the day like the parents will separate and walk away but the child's still growing up their brain's still developing like you're messing with the brain development of a child when you do that to them 100%. You put them in between a divorce or a custody battle that's just that's horrific for them
0: yeah Shalina, amongst all of your amazing creative projects with music and producing, you are also a counsellor and coach. Can you tell us about what you are offering and where we can find you?
1: So I'm on, I'm on Facebook just under Shalina Lodia. That's my personal Facebook, but I just reach out to everybody there or Instagram under the handle SEDA SEDA, or just search up Shalina Lodia. So I do one hour sessions with my clients. So if they want to go for longer, it's totally up to them. And topics I generally cover is of course, mother wound, fatherlessness, you know, general depression, anxiety, intergenerational trauma, trauma, those, those things, because I don't believe in counseling people on topics I've never been through. I don't think that makes me a good counselor. I think if I'm going to help somebody, I need to have been in their shoes to help them really and to really understand their pain. So I don't do things like perhaps grief counseling if somebody has passed away because I haven't experienced that, you know. So for me, I'm quite specific just because if I've lived your pain, I can really feel your pain. And that's how I, that's how I sort of operate with the clients. But obviously I've been through so many different things that whatever I offer counseling is a lived experience for me. And I also do resume writing as well, if anybody needs help with that. And that also comes from personal experience because I dropped out of school and I was a lost soul as well, which is another effect of fatherlessness, academic rates, dropouts, high school dropouts. The lack of a father can also lead to people dropping out of school and perhaps not completing university degrees and truancy, things like that. That's also one of the effects of fatherlessness as well. So, yeah, it's just so many effects that I'm thinking about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's all consuming. All of the links for... Shalina will be in the show notes so please go and check that out and please go and connect with her she is doing some amazing things Shalina thank you so much for connecting with me today I've loved our chat so
1: much and you're a beautiful soul and thank you so much for being here well thank you so much for allowing me to come and sort of share my story and my knowledge it's that's what I live for really it gives me purpose to wake up every morning so it's nice to be able to live out my purpose on a day-to-day basis it keeps me going (laughs) Yeah.
0: thank you for being on this journey of healing and community with me if you listen on apple i would love it if you could take a moment to post a review for the podcast it would mean a lot check the show notes for all links recommended in this episode if you're on Instagram, follow me at My Big Love Project, and please share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. Thank you for joining me. You are such an incredible soul because you are you. You are unique. Your journey is unique and you can absolutely change the world with your story. Your time is precious and I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next week.